1: Welcome back to another edition of the Internet's Most Dangerous Tottenham Hotspur Podcast. I'm your host, Greg, and we are here today to talk about an exciting two-to-one victory against Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, I am joined this week from the wilds of uh, the slopes of South Florida by Brian Ashlock. Brian, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Um, you know, the this attempt at the intro has now made me wonder what an Albion is. Um, England, you know,
1: right? Or like, like I don't some know. King is, Arthur thing, I don't know.
0: I'm not I'm not sure. There's a, there's Albions was Albion.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I uh, this is another thing about British culture that I don't understand.
1: Kind of things you think about when you're face deep in a snowdrift, right?
0: Uh honestly, the mind just goes in
1: all different directions at once. <laughs> and then the body just
0: phew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what happens when gravity pulls you down the slope. Um Absolutely. Yes, uh, unfortunately, uh, demands at work mean that Ben couldn't join us this week, but he will hopefully be back with us next week to talk about another exciting match from Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Before we get too deep into it, um, please follow our uh, feed on Twitter at WDR Podcast. That's WDR as in Wheelie Dealer Radio. Please leave us a nice review on Spotify or iTunes and uh, say nice things about us, because we deserve it. Uh, the, today, on this week's show, we are going to talk not just about our victory against Brighton-Hove Albion, but we are going to talk about the 100th goal for Hunmin Son and what his career has been like in England. And we are also going to take a new look at potential uh, Tottenham managerial candidate, um, Mr. Desarvi because I think he might have changed some opinions this week uh, with his performance against... Spurs. So let's jump right into the game. Uh, Not one of Spurs finest performances, but maybe the result we needed. Right, Brian? Yeah, I
0: mean, we needed points on the board. Um, I don't know if we needed to have our manager sent off and, you know, to, to look like crap doing it. But, you know, sure. Um, I, I guess I think for me, the thing about this game was, um, we just haven't had a lot of games this year where we felt like particularly lucky and and this was one where literally every single break went our way. And, you know, I think Brighton probably can feel very rightfully aggrieved to have to have lost this
1: match. I mean, we could talk about the manager or the uh refereeing decisions up front, I guess. I don't think either of the goals that they were chalked off by they should feel too hard done by. I mean, maybe they were borderline, but you know, after what happened to us in 2019, I'm never gonna feel bad about a close, you know, VAR decision going our way or a handball decision. Uh I think, yes, if I was a Brighton fan, I would be very irritated that we weren't given at least one penalty if not two i but like you it's it's just like i i i know it goes our way and i know every fan of every team feels personally aggrieved by officiating but i am a fan of a team and i do feel aggrieved by officiating so i just i just don't care um you know, I, I'm just glad we won the game and, you know, it is what it is <laughs> as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, I I don't like talking about officiating in VAR a lot, generally speaking, because I think it's boring and very like, um, you know, well, oh, woe is me. My fa- my team gets screwed over more. Um, But like Brighton, in this case, like they got screwed over enough that they got an apology from the referees group like like that's bad like you don't want to you don't want to be in that position where the referees are, the 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 decision making is so bad that the the league has to come out and go oh yeah we did screw that one up like you know we i watch a lot of college football and very rarely do the the Big Twelve or the Pac twelve come out and say like, "Oh, hey guys, the referees they they messed up that replay." And that's the because they
1: understand kayfabe. Yeah,
0: <laughs> maybe that is what it is.
1: Um, you know that that's because they're interested in maintaining their authority, so they'll just never apologize.
0: Yeah, so. I, I can think of like one time in probably the last few years where the a league has come out and said, "Yeah, we we messed that one up," um, and it was I think it was the Pac-12. So, surprise. Well, um, and, look,
1: and look where they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for our British no, listeners,
1: it, the answer is nowhere good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and so you know, for Brighton, like I, the the getting the McAllister goal chalked or the the one that deflects off McAllister, so the Welbeck goal. Um, that's that that one's really hard to me. Like I guess I can see the Matoma one cuz the I think it was called handball initially by the assistant referee and so I get how that one's harder to overturn but like I just don't know where else McAllister is supposed to put his arm on that one, like on, the, like not,
1: I, not in front of the ball. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But but again, look, uh, uh, we've I've, we've already devoted uh, more time to it than I think was necessary. But uh, we should be very happy that we got out with three points, um, and we should be very fortunate that we are continuing to kind of hold our position near the top of the table.
1: There was a sentiment I saw sort of kicked around online, not by a ton of people, but by enough people that I was seeing it of people just being like, oh, I can't even enjoy the win. You know, like this is just this is just awful. We don't deserve these points. Man, like if you can't <laughs> if you can't find some joy, I understand this was not a good performance. This was this was pretty bad by Spurs. And frankly, we've seen a lot of bad performances here. But I would say, especially in light of how bad we've been at times this year. And in this game, if you can't find a little bit of joy in, you know, getting away with one, then you're just not getting enough out of life.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there are plenty of other reasons to complain about why you didn't enjoy the performance or why you, why you don't feel like after the fact. Joy
1: is different matter. If you can't enjoy the result is what I'm really talking about.
0: Yeah. And so like, yeah, to 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 say that the officiating doesn't allow you to enjoy, you know, that end result or feel like you've kind of that we've cheated the system now um and and so that we can't enjoy these points. That that's silly. Like uh, you you should not enjoy these points because of all the other things that happen on the field, not the officiating.
1: You should enjoy the points regardless, I would say. Like yeah. we got away with one. We desperately need them. Like I Like, I don't know if Spurs deserve to be in the Champions League next year. Probably not. Um, Although looking at the state of English football, maybe they do. But, like, I would much rather be going into next year with Champions League spot, which, you know, I think is going to be pretty hard for us to get considering how we're playing. But I would much rather be in that position where whoever's our manager next year could figure it out with the benefit of Champions League football than, you know, without it. So I don't know.
0: Um I, I guess, you know, for me the the this match, if you're if we want to turn and talk about some actual positives, like I felt like the counterattack was um it, it was looking better in kind of the same way that it looked um in the last match where where you could at least look at it and see that we were getting chances on the end of it and and that we were we were taking up really good positions. Um you know, I, I, I thought when we got on the ball, we'd look better. But, uh, you know, Deserby and this Brighton team, they're designed to have the ball more. Like, so uh, this was one where we, we went in, I think, fully expecting not to have as much possession. And, um, you know, we, we we tried something a little different tactically in this game, which was uh, nice to see, I guess. Um, and uh, And, yeah, we eventually got a win. I don't know. It's really hard to keep being excited about this team. <laughs> keep being excited about this. Yeah. Team. Well, you know what I mean. It's just like you know. And now I gotta watch Ryan Mason manage this fucking team. And um, <laughs> I mean, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> Um, you know, we're, we're just really fortunate that like Lucas wasn't healthy. Cause then we, he would have played, uh, or not, not, not healthy. He's suspended, uh, whatever. Um, no, I, I just, we did some good things. I, I thought it was interesting that Kulisewski kind of played, you know, nominally more in the midfield. Um, I thought, you know, it was it was the first evidence of of us trying something different than conte even though i think Conte played a three five2 against brighton earlier in the season so maybe it's just this is what we do against brighton and we're just rolling that out again i just i don't know i'm i'm, I'm grasping at straws
1: i mean like you said i think if you're if you're trying to hold on something positive. I thought some of our counterattacks were nice, and we were probably a little unfortunate to not get some better chances out of some of those, or at least another goal or so. Um, You know, Dan Juma is finally getting minutes. Um, I think we all would like to have seen him earlier, but I don't think it's, you know, a coincidence that he comes in on fresh legs with, you know, an ability to make a pass and possess the ball. And Sort of, you know, kicks off the move that scores our second goal, which is actually a really nice little bit of football, um, which, you know, we haven't seen enough of this year. I mean, you know, it is what it is. There's not a lot, I think, to say about the way we played because it's just kind of more of the same with a few adjustments to sort of take advantage or, you know, of what Brighton do and, and clog things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I think my thing is, is like I just really wasn't comfortable with us seeding as much of the possession as we did. And look, I understand. And I said it earlier, like Brighton want to have the ball. They want to play with the ball. So, you know, if you're not set up to possess a little bit, you have to kind of sit back and 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 wait for your opportunities. And so, like. It's just frustrating because. You know, we 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 spent a long time thinking of Brighton as kind of a small club, and then now they've had a run of good managers. They've had a run of good signings. They have good players still, and um and they're able to kind of impose their will on a game against you know a a quote unquote big club, and it's not it's it's it's. Not exciting. Um, you know, you you don't want to have thirty percent or thirty five percent of the ball in your home stadium against a team that was playing in the championship four seasons ago, or whatever. The, like I, I, that's not that's not what I'm
1: excited about. It's it it's frustrating. I don't want to. That we can't impose ourselves on a game or because, like, I don't mind if you want to play a counter attacking style, sure, especially against a team like Brighton. But that you are just able to look as second rate as we did is just what you know, I think it sums up what we're all frustrated with, what we're all annoyed about. Um, but I think you know, if we're going to talk about bright spots in the game, I think if you saw one thing that we're missing this year, um, you saw it with Sun in the first. in in, in the first half. It was like in the first 10 minutes, I think, where he scored a vintage Sun goal. Now, you know, I don't think Sun all... I mean, Sun certainly scored more of these goals in the last few years. But, you know, I think one thing that we're really seeing this year with Sun, for all the talk we've had about tactics and all this other stuff, Sun, I think, is definitely... we've, We've talked about it on this podcast. We've talked about it to each other. There's plenty of games he's played in the past where, you know, he is kind of anonymous for a lot of the game and you start to get a little frustrated with him, but just as you start to get frustrated with him, he kind of just goes out and scores a banger and, or sort of creates something. I don't want to say out of nothing, but like, you know, gets on the end of something. And I think there's a lot tactically about why that's not happening as much this year. But I think if you look over the last few years, you know, he's scoring a goal like that every two or three games. So, you're a lot more forgiving of, like, when he does have an off day or is, you know, maybe getting the ball cut under his feet. That said, I don't think we're doing a great job of facilitating him because that was sort of a, a bright spot for him in an otherwise kind of uninspiring day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this season has just been kind of a really lost season for Sun. And, you know, there's been a lot of... Podcast time and and um, pixels and in you know football London articles devoted to like why that's the case and it's where he's receiving the ball it's the distribution it's it's a bunch of things but but like you said in in this specific match he was actually good. And, you know, it accompanied, you know, sort of the change in uh, formation. So he was playing more as a striker. He was more trying to get in behind. He wasn't tracking back as much. He wasn't doing some of the link play stuff. And, and, you know, he got the ball on the edge of the box in space. And that's just not a spot he's been in much this year. Like, uh, you know, he seems to have been making runs into the box to get you know, to the back post for crosses coming in from the right. And it, as opposed to kind of hanging out around the top of the penalty area where we know he's so dangerous. I mean, like those are low XG chances in like the data, but I, that that's kind of the spot that I want son to have the ball in. Like, I think when we, when he receives that pass, And you all see him take the touch to clear himself, space to the right. And then there's nobody within a couple yards of him. You all, all of us kind of just go, (gasps) and you hold your breath and you're like, because he's going to hit it. He's absolutely going to hit it. And and this shot was, I mean, man, it was nuts. When it left his foot, I thought, oh, he's, he's put that so far wide. And it just curled into the top i i i wish i could do anything half that good like i i mean and you know that's what he does he gets a left foot right foot it doesn't matter like he hits that shot better than anybody and and it was really nice to see him get that get that opportunity and for us to have made a tactical change to i think facilitate that and um yeah, let's let's just do a little bit more of that the rest of the way and get him kind of going again.
1: It's just, it really seems like we're trying, we're trying to get him to do that. It, it it seems like we're missing the obvious with him in a way that is a little befuddling. Like that we're not, you know, you, you sort of got Son who does what he does, and we're trying to get him to play a different way, and it just. You know, I, I'm not especially after you know Conte worked for him, worked with him for however many months he was here last year. Like, I don't know, like that he's just like trying to do something different with him seems. I, I it just seems stupid to me. I don't understand. Like,
0: well, I mean, you know, look, I think, I think we've been very fortunate in that the last few managers have used. Son in different ways, like in terms of where he's positioned on the pitch. But they have all been fairly consistent in the fact that they want him to stretch the defense, they want him running on to through balls, um, or balls over the top, and and not receiving the ball and doing link play. And and Conte. Like you said, he was he was happy to do that kind of when we were in during the stretch that we were good. But then when it came to drilling the team for this year, it seemed like that that wasn't what he wanted to do, because he had now he had the guys that he wanted at fullback or whatever, or he had uh, Basuma in the midfield now or or whatever the thing was he had. And so presumably we didn't need to lean on that as much. But then what it just turned Sun into was a black hole. Because he wasn't contributing in any other meaningful way, and you know he still gets the second shots on the team. Um, I think he gets like two and a half shots uh, per ninety, but his XG is like twenty percent of Kane's, twenty five percent. You know he's 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 not getting shots in good areas. He's losing the ball probably as much, if not more, than anyone on this team. Like it's bad. We were all, we, we've we been talking all season, like, is he washed? Like, is he done? Is this, like, the Gareth Bale retirement tour, you know,
1: type situation? Um, it, it, Gareth Bale retirement tour had, like, 15 goals in it. So, like, I think we would yeah. do a lot better if it was the Gareth,
0: That's Bale what I'm retirement. saying. Like, so I think the thing with Sonny is, you know, first of all, amazing goal. Uh, great that he gets, you know is his hundredth that that he's the first Asian player to score a hundred goals in the Premier League. like that's all, all that is amazing. But I think really, kind of the next few games are are really going to be important for kind of what what we do and what he does kind of and in, in, coming to next year. like if Sonny goes out there and goes on some crazy run, which he's, totally capable of doing we know that he's you know we've got what eight games left this season if he scores six goals in eight games um I think we would all be like oh he's back and you know you can look at it and you can you can say like we we can do this again we can run it back with Kane and son again um and if he doesn't then maybe you have to make a decision on on what you do in the summer
1: I don't think you have to make a decision because I, 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 there has never been, and I am sure at some level Spurs have discouraged the market for Son, like, but there has never been an overwhelming market for Son. That or Son is so happy at Spurs, he just doesn't, he's not interested in pushing it. Yeah. I am just, especially after a year like this, which, you know, let's, let's even assume it's an aberration. I just don't think, you know, there, there wasn't enough market to get him out of the club, like, three or four years ago. Like I don't think it exists now. Like, I mean, this guy's around until he wants to leave or his contract runs out. I don't think he's got Spurs. aren't going to have to make a decision. He's here for whoever's next. Like Kate I, might not be, but son is not going anywhere for better think, or worse. I think the thing is, is like,
0: not necessarily about transfer out because I, 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 you're absolutely right. There has never been a real strong market for him where there's never been strong links. I think it's more of an evaluation like you as a club like are you moving forward with saying that son is you know a full-time starter and, and a major contributor or are you say do you acknowledge that hey Okay, well, maybe Danjuma is now worth 25 million pounds to us, or 24 million euro, or whatever. The, I mean, both the, of those
1: things could be true.
0: <laughs> I, I, and yeah, I think that I think that's entirely possible. I think you know, there's a scenario in which Danjuma is useful to have around. You have Richarlison, Kane, Son, and Kulisevsky and and you roll with that. But also, you know maybe you want to not buy Dan Juma and then instead look at somebody who's gonna cost you 50 million or 60 million like i know that's a crazy thing for spurs to do but like it, it, these last few games have to inform your decision process like that it's, has to be ex- all we're doing in these last few games is evaluating like who's here for next year i
1: hate saying this cuz in some ways, I think this is a real dumb thing to say, but, like, Spurs need to be looking for the next son, which is much easier said than done, because, you know, it it is just hard to find a guy who is on on the upswing somewhere in Europe, and not only are you able to, like, convince him to come there, but he just, like, turns into a bona fide star. I mean, they tried to do it with a guy like um, Bergvine. Like, that was exactly what they were doing with him. They bought Young, they bought a guy who was, like, you know, hadn't Exploded yet. I mean, I would argue Sun was much more accomplished than Bergvine, but like, and in know, a better league. Kind of, yeah, and especially now where like you've got psychos like Todd boley buying anyone who's like scored a goal in a foreign league, you know, it, it's hard to find those guys and get them in. And you know, I think you know, that was one of the strange things about Sun. I think Sun was on all of our radars as an exciting young player. Um, but for whatever reason, and, you know, I think we all joke that racism is part of it, but racism, I think, was absolutely part of it. Like, he just hadn't really, you know, set a lot of people's radars off throughout Europe. And I always joke, I think the, you know, the sort of difference in where Spurs and Arsenal were is son used to be the kind of player that Arsenal would go get. And Spurs really nailed that signing. And I think it's it's so hard to do that. And I understand that they're not probably to the level at which son has been a success. That's, that's very difficult to do, but like they need to get one of these guys who's on an upswing and just like, you know, get someone who's going to be a star for us. And that's what son has been for us. And again, he's like one of the best, he's been one of the best attackers in the world for the last five years or so. So that's a tall order. But it's something the Spurs need to figure out, and I think they got another. I, I tend to believe this has just been a bunch of bad things lining up for Son this year, and he's still, you know, a fifteen-plus goal goals in the league guy. Um, if he gets, if we get the right coach, and he gets his act together next year, but we'll see. Um, but I don't. We're gonna have plenty of time to talk about next year. This is well, this was Son's one hundredth goal. I want to talk a little bit about. Son is a Spurs player and what that means. Um, I mean, Brian, like, you know, when you look at sort of the the scope of what he's accomplished at Tottenham so far, um, you know, what, just what comes to mind for you? What, what do you think of when you think of Son?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think kind of all the stuff that you talked about there where, you know, we had a, a player who was probably one of the most dangerous wide attackers uh, that wasn't you know, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, or, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Salah, and and he, we, he played for Spurs, and he was never linked away, he was always happy about everything, he was, he's by all accounts, a very kind person, Um, he's, he's, uh, he's just great, And I, I think that, is the thing that I appreciate most about Sonny is just his pure unbridled joy about playing football. Like, I, it makes me sad when he is sad, you know, like, you know, like, there are players who are like, if they're upset, like, I don't care. Um... You know, but like when when Sonny is sad, like when he has to go off because he's being substituted or if he gets hurt, like, I, or you know, he after he gets like a, a red card for doing something stupid, like kicking out at somebody like when he's sad, I feel so bad. Like there, there's no happiness in the entire world. Um, but he and he he just gets so excited. Um, I think one of the things that I think about with Sun is kind of like. Uh, that stretch run at the end of last year um, where he and Harry are just assisting on each other's goals and and Harry is, is pushing, you know, sun towards the golden boot. And, and, you know, every single goal was met with just so, so much excitement from himself and then all the players around him. Like, he's just one of those guys that it's, it's so easy to, um, you know, to, to love him and what he does. Like, he, because he looks like he enjoys it.
1: He's something I've always been really enamored with as a sports fan. Like, going back to when I was a kid, like, the players that are associated with your team. And by that, I mean, like, when you think of them, you think of them and, like, you know, you like, they play for you. Like, not, and everyone thinks of them that way, you know. So, like, what really makes me happy about Son is that like a player of that quality and that sort of, you know, like someone who's so personally pleasant, like you were saying, he's he's always upbeat and happy. He's not like a jerk or anything, you know, but he's associated with Spurs that we have this guy who is one of the, like you said, one of the best, like if he wasn't in the top five, he was just outside of it. it was just, but one of the best striker or attackers in the world for you know, at a time when those guys aren't scarce and he played for Spurs and he was never linked away. He never pitched a fit. He never tried to force a transfer. Like he was kind of homesick when he first got here, but I don't really count that, you know, he never, there was never a transfer saga with him. It was always like, when you think of son, what do you think of a Tottenham? You think of him having a good time and scoring lots of really good goals. And it's, I think um, someone who I think just started listening to our podcast, Reno Wallabout, um, on Twitter was was posting um, about like you know you just put a list of like Son's best goals together and it's just it's obscene it's ridiculous like there's so many good ones that he's he's scoring from distance he's scoring in traffic he's scoring you know crucial goals he's scoring goals for fun you know I mean for me what I'll always like what really crystallizes Son for me is the um, the second leg of our of our uh, Champions League tie against City. And I know our midfield kind of died about like half an hour into that game. But for the first like 40 minutes or 35 minutes or whatever it was until Sissoko got hurt, it was Son and Aguero, who I think a lot of people consider the best striker in the world at the time, or maybe it's not the best, like, just, just under that. It was Son and Aguero, like, throwing haymakers at each other on, like, you know, probably, like, the most watched, like, tie of that round of the Champions League. And it was just incredible to watch. It, I, I remember starting that game because we got out of the first leg um, with a goal, a great goal scored by him at home. And it was just like, Jesus Christ, they're going to kill us at at, at, the, at the City game. And I think even Aguero scored first, and then they just start trading goals back and forth. And it was it was ridiculous. I mean, he was Yeah. You know, he was a big time player for Spurs, too. He scored goals, I think more so than anyone else. And this might not be fair to other people like Harry Kane, but he didn't just score a lot of goals. He didn't score good goals. He scored important goals. Like, and I might yeah. just be Kind of focusing on that Champions League run where he was really the guy, you know, putting in those goals that got us through to the next leg of games. But that's what I always think of him. He is just, when you think of Son, that's what's kind of made this year so rough because he's been tough to watch. Is like, he doesn't really, he hasn't really had stretches like that. Like I said before, like, okay, he's kind of anonymous, but like, you know, every two games he's scoring a banger or something like that. And there's just not a lot of like when you think of son as a Spurs player, it's just kind of excellence all around. Like, yeah, he's a great player. He's a great guy. He scores lots of great goals. And there's not like a fallow period or like I was saying earlier, there's not some ugly transfer saga or him like hitting out in the media at other, like at Tottenham fans or Tottenham players. It's just been this like almost entirely positive experience. And I literally can't think of a, like I, there's not many, I do want to say I maybe Ledley King, but even then he was like injured half the time. Um, uh, there's not a lot of players in any sport I follow that I could think of where I just have a uniformly positive experience of rooting for them, where there's just like, there's very, very few negatives and uh, like um, Aurelio Gomez, maybe, um, for you,
0: maybe Yeah. <laughs> 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 veteran treluca you know, the good ones. Uh, no, I, I, th- I think you're absolutely right about all that stuff. Um, I think if you're going to talk about like some of like our favorite goals from Sonny, um, you know, there's the Burnley goal where he dribbles everybody. I think that one won the that won the Puskas yeah. award, um, you know, so that was probably a pretty decent one. Uh, I actually don't think that goal's that great. Honestly, um, it's all the stuff before the goal. That's cool. Um, the goal itself is just fine. Um, but like every single curler that he hits from the edge of the box is always my favorite. Like the, the like that Brighton goal is just like a goal he's scored against Aston Villa against West Ham. get like, like I, I, I just love the, those curlers, uh, from, from outside the box. Like he's just, there's nobody in the world that's better at that.
1: Well, Son, Son's an interesting striker and that I think he combines a certain like. There's definitely power in his shots, but there's also a certain precision in it that I'm not going to say that's unique to him because I think plenty of other players, you know, have done that um, sort of thing. But I think it is unique at this sort of time in world football, someone who sort of like hits the ball like he does like it's he's just very good um, in, in a very specific way I guess would be the way to put it
0: yeah and I mean like I think it's really underrated and again maybe because he plays for Spurs maybe because he is an Asian player but like it's really underrated how technically skilled and athletically gifted he is like he First of all, he is a big, strong, fast dude. Like, I think, you know, people probably, I mean, maybe they imagine him as more of a diminutive, dribbly, Matoma type of dude. He's not. He's big and he's strong and he's fast. And, like, so many of his goals are, like, we just talked about the Burnley one. Like, he doesn't do that if he's not able to physically hold off some of those guys and then dribble past them. And then, like, he's just the best finisher in the world with both feet. Like, Harry Kane's an amazing finisher, but he's really amazing with his right, and he's eh, with his left. Like, Hung Son is the only guy in world football that finishes at that level with both feet. Messi doesn't do that. Ronaldo, Salah, like those guys are, are pretty one-footed, like Hungman son is not, and I, I think that's the coolest, is there's, like, if a ball is coming to him, you just trust that he has the athletic ability to position himself in such a way to strike it, and then he has the technical skill to strike it well with either foot, and that's yep. insane to me.
1: It's great, and I think you're right. I think all those things have led to him being underrated. But I think the other thing about Son that leads him to being underrated is he's second banana at Spurs. And it's, you know, maybe it's like the Mane and Salah thing is the only other thing I can think of that's really kind of similar, where, you know, there's these two guys who would be just like the obvious number ones on most teams around the world. And, you know, they had to play with each other. So I think the fact that, you know, like you said, Son is Korean. Son is... um, Uh, plays for Tottenham, which I think leads to him being a little underrated. And I think the fact that Harry Kane is there uh, also leads to him being a little underrated and probably has led to him scoring fewer goals than he would if he was, like, you know, the main guy at Spurs. I'll go with, um, you know, like I said, that that City game is probably my favorite memory of Sun, but it's, like, more of a holistic experience that I remember uh, from that game. But I think my favorite Sun goal, if I'm going to be a little less obvious— Than I think most Spurs fans would be, is probably that Watford winner from his first season at Spurs, where it was, I think it was in stoppage time, and he sort of like back heels it through a guy's legs into the goal. It was just like a lot of what you were talking about, like he's using his power to hold guys off. It's a really unorthodox finish, it was a clutch. It was, you know, everything I love about Son. It's not obviously that sort of like, you know, him whacking it hard from distance and sort of placing it in the perfect spot where the keeper can't get to it. He has, he had some great goals against Arsenal that he hit from distance uh, during the pandemic. I remember there's one in particular. But um, just really a great player that um, I don't think we fully appreciate. Because like I said, if you really think about the Son experience, there's this season might be the biggest kind of like, downside to it and if that's the case like I think that says something about how just what a incredibly positive experience having him on Spurs has been
0: well the, and that's the thing is like and you know early in the season people were like oh is he washed now and like we were like oh is it like it just happened overnight like because they weren't even I mean he won the golden boot last year. that's not that wasn't too like it is last year and so there was no indication that, like, a slowdown was coming. And and like you said, like, you know, maybe you thought he'd gotten lucky with injuries
1: or something. But you just didn't think it would be I think falling off a cliff like this. At his age, I think there was always, like, the, the decline would start. I think it's something that you have to just be aware of. And I think when Spurs signed him to a new contract, you just... You know, you, you take on that risk. You sign guys that age. You might be signing up for some down years. I am of the opinion, I don't know where you are on this, I think this has just been a bad year for him. I think there's been some bad tactics. I think, you know, we're reading about all this crazy shit about how Conte was running these guys into the ground, and if you throw that on top of the crazy stuff they did this summer um, in training, uh, the World Cup schedule, what's been going on with that both physically and mentally, And just, like, the way this season's gone at Spurs and what we've been doing tactically, like, I just, you know, I don't know. Like, we've we've had this argument in our writers' room a lot. I I don't see—maybe it just takes a little bit of physical decline, but, like, to me, the problem isn't his ability to sort of get up and down the pitch. It's that— he's just making bad choices. He's being asked to be in places that aren't helpful. He's getting the ball cut up caught under his feet. I mean, there's a lot to explain this stuff. Physical decline is not what pops into my head watching him. Uh, you know, it's not like he's lost. It doesn't feel to me like he's lost a step. It feels to me like he's making bad decisions and he's being asked to do things tactically that don't really, that aren't really working. Now, that could be me just looking through my lily white colored glasses. And certainly I try, you know, I'm trying to find the upside on things where I can this year. So you tell me if you think I'm being overly positive on this.
0: No, I mean, I, I think that, 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 that view of it is certainly justified, but but it's also why I say kind of like, I feel like these, this next stretch of eight games is very important for him. Like, maybe it's not like we said, like you said, it's, it does, it's not going to mean that we're going to sell him because what's the market for him. But like, I think it, it has to be indicative to us of like, oh, it was the tactics. Oh, it was all the extra running that they were doing. It was all the you know, like, I hope you're right. I, I, and I mean, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't get that. And and maybe this is just a lost season. And then we have to sit back at the end of the season and go, okay, well, Suns was tactical. Uh, Hugo's was an actual physical fall off. Like that's, you know, uh, what a, uh, Perisic is dead now. Um, maybe maybe that's what you do. But I think you know you've got this time where they're not laboring under the old manager. And even if he's, you know, new manager, same as the old guy, I guess. Um, But you have this time where you can look at him and you can go, okay, it was the mood in the back room. It was, you know, whatever. And and he scored a few goals to close out the season. And we think we can rely on him again.
1: I think it would be nice if that happened, but I don't think you're going to be able to make an evaluation until the new manager gets in here and can just kind of pop open the hood and take a look under it so i think that's fair uh speaking of new managers in what might be the most seamless transition in wheeler dealer radio history uh we got a look uh this week at the guy who might be our next manager uh when we played brighton so brian i guess a two-part question how do you, how do you feel about Roberto De Zarbi's prospects of as of being Spurs' next manager? And did this game change your opinion at all? Uh, no, I would. I didn't really want him before, and I now I definitely don't want it. Uh, so let's let's start with the first part. Why why did you not why do you not want him generally? And then we'll <laughs> talk about this game in particular. Well, he,
0: he's Italian, isn't he? Um, so. It's- I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with these Italian guys. Um, no, I don't know. I, look, I think my thing with Deserby was I think he's a good manager. I think he's played some good football. Um, you know, he took a Sassuolo team uh, in Italy that shouldn't have been very good and made them pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, he's, he's taken Graham Potter's work and built on that. I just, he just wasn't a name that excites me, I guess. Like, and, and uh, you know, he, he, maybe I'm wrong. I, I I had these same feelings about Pochettino years ago where I'm like, what does he really want? And like, yeah, his teams are okay, but they're not amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I just wasn't excited about him as an option. Um, and and then, then we got this game and I didn't even realize what an insufferable little asshole he was. Um, and, and so now I find that out and it's just like, uh, I'm tired of asshole coaches. Like we've had the last two were asshole coaches and, um, I, I don't think I want a third.
1: So let's work backwards. My problem, which I thought was really well articulated on the extra inch is I don't have a problem with some theatrics. If it's like in service of the team, you know we all love when martin yoles squares up to arson wenger or you know coach tino talks some mess about chelsea or about spurs being disrespected this did not feel like Desarbi was trying to do something to help Brighton. this this seemed like a psych a psychotic man took umbrage at some stuff that was said which wasn't really said which you know should be made clear so he really took something i guess the italian press blew it out of proportion but I mean, this guy literally walked out looking for a fight, and I and it was clearly over what he perceived as personal beef. And while there's a level, I guess maybe I find some of that charming, but when it's not in service of the team, it's I don't think it's a good look. Uh, you know, I don't think it helped his case at all. Like, I mean, this is he'll join Eric Ten Hag, and he like did weird stuff to rule themselves out of the Spurs manager job, Hall of Fame. Um, you know, my concern with Desarbi has always been small sample size. I'm a little like, you know, Brighton's been fun to watch. They're good. Um, he's changed enough from how Potter did did it that I'm not as concerned about the system. It's just, you know, it's not a lot. And I think we saw this year is like, what happens with the Premier League has time to adjust to you. And if he'd done this for like, you know, I think Pochettino had done it for a year and a half, two years at Southampton before we hired him. You know, I feel a lot better about the body of work, but he's going to behave this way, and this was not his first red card this year, I mean, that is... Like I said, I'm not super excited to sign up for, like, macho bullshit for the sake of macho bullshit. And especially considering, like, the drama of the last few years that we're coming off of. I mean, Conte didn't work, even though it worked for a while. Mourinho didn't work at all. You know, I mean, this is just... You know, I think it's time to try something else. I don't necessarily need, like, Graham Potter, the guidance counselor at this team. In fact, I really don't. I'd still rather have Desarbi than him. But I was much higher on Desarbi even with my reservations, than you were. I'm just, you know, it doesn't help. Like, seeing that kind of an outburst, I think it helped cost his team the game. Um, I think getting himself sent sent off just didn't work. Um, I think,
0: yeah, cause I, mean, I don't know. Look- The football, the football that we got to see from that Brighton team was pretty good. Um, And, you know, and they're out there doing it with, you know, no real striker and, you know, uh, just a a shadow of the budget that we have. Um, They also
1: let themselves so open that we were able to score on them twice. And frankly, they were probably lucky we didn't do it more than that. So, I mean,
0: yeah. Uh, you know, I don't That is true. But like the 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 with the ball stuff was nice. Like the
1: it, it's there's a lot to recommend about him. But, the, you know, you if you have reservations, I think what he did this weekend is not helpful.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'm like you. Right? The it can't be like drawing attention to yourself and your own perception of like the press or other managers comments. Like, you know, if you're getting sent off, you know, because your players are getting, you know, you, you perceive that your players are getting an unfair deal from the referees or you perceive that, you know, there's, there there's something in that moment that you're getting sent off will facilitate. Um, you know, it, it happens in basketball a lot, like where a coach will get, you know, ejected from a game or a technical in order to kind of like fire up his team or, or whatever, because they feel like the referees have been after him all game and they've been unfair. And then the coach will go yell at the referees and get ejected. It's it's a great bonding experience for professional athletes to um, bring. But yeah, this was this was just all self serving. Like that didn't help his team. Like what they needed was him there. Like
1: that. Well, and he didn't get it. He didn't get. He wasn't getting wound up. And it's funny because he had pl- – I mean, I'm sure it was winding him up. But like like I said, he came out there looking for a fight before yeah. the match even started. And, you know, Brighton – I mean, Brighton Spurs is in some rivalry. So it's like, you know, it had nothing to do with the team. He, he saw those comments in, in the Italian press and got – was fucking pissed and was ready to pick a fight. And the fact of the matter is that, like, he wasn't picking a fight about officiating. Or any of that stuff, which you know, Brighton it was hard done by. So, like, you know, he wasn't, like you said, he wasn't doing anything to further his team's interest, which is like if you're if you're a manager and you're gonna engage in some theatrics, like I, I feel like they at least need to at least be gesturing so towards that. and this these weren't it was all about him, and that's just not encouraging, I would say. What I will say is, i liked how stellini handled it even less it wasn't i don't know if i like it less but him just like 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 i understand why especially if he's like i, I could understand why there's a level at which stellini was just taken aback by it because it's not like jose Mourinho goes out there says some shit in the press and is like okay like, people are going to be mad at me about this. No, like, Stelini said a bunch of nice stuff, and this guy comes out ready to start a fight. So I can imagine it takes you back a little bit. But I feel like if you're Stellini, you need to, like, you can't just, like, be sort of staring off into space while it's at. You need to tell your coaches, like, you either need to get in there and be like, okay, everybody stop, or you need to tell your coaches to back off. Or, like, I don't know, throw some bows or something, but, like, yeah. Just kind of staring off in the distance isn't exactly a great look. I
0: mean that that camera shot of like him standing like kind of arms crossed, just like gazing into the middle of, di- of middle distance
1: while there's a, a fucking melee behind him. Yeah, I think it's it's one thing to do that if like he's just chirping at you and like you know you're just like I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm not going to engage. But yeah, I don't there's know. Like, but, a, like there's like a little riot going on next to you. Like that's.
0: He's Italian. Shouldn't he be over there, like, yelling and wildly gesticulating? <laughs> like, I mean, to just stand there with your arms. Right. Covered? I think
1: this is anti-Italian discrimination.
0: It's not, it's not if it's not true. Or er, true. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I, I, I agree. Like, you you should be involved in that. Like, I, I'm not saying that the, the skirmish should have happened. It definitely shouldn't have. It was very stupid. But, like, once it kicks off you have to get in there especially because it's being directed at you you know it's not like you know maybe i what i would really like to know is what does said and whether he said it in english or not
1: i'm sure the i'm sure the answer is it was in italian but
0: but you see because it was like mason and um daniel levy's whatever whatever he is brother-in-law that looks like you know roided up brad friedel um they were the two that were, like, in it, in it. And so well, I think,
1: I think they, they don't need to understand Italian to know these men are being loud and rude, so, <laughs> like.
0: But that's just understanding Italian right there. Uh, um, all right. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I, I don't know. I it's I, I, w- I want to know what was said. I know we never will. But I want to know. And then also I just, like, if it's being said at you, you can't let other people wade in there and be like, hey, you can't talk to my manager that well, way. I kind of.
1: But see, I kind of like it better this way. It's like I don't quite understand what was going on. I understand the broad strokes. It's like a Fellini film or something. It's, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's avant-garde management. That's what it is. I just
0: want like the Conte and Tuchel handshake again. Like, that's what I wanted. I want I wanted Stellini to go over there and give him a good old fashioned Italian handshake. Can you believe that happened this season? No. Every time I see that on Twitter, I go, Oh, fuck it. That did happen this year.
1: God. It all went off the rails so fast.
0: I'm not sure it was really on the rails.
1: You know, for at least then we were kind of like, see, that's a kind of like, I don't know about Tuchel, but certainly Conte, that felt like the kind of like, that that is being ridiculous in a way that I feel like supports your team. Yes. As opposed to, and I think Tuchel might be the opposite, where like. You know that is not how you support your team. That is he's doing what Desarbi did, which is like drawing attention to yourself for the sake of drawing attention to yourself. But yeah, I don't know, man. It just isn't. I, I might be overrating it. It just it certainly le- the, like watching all that leaves you leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth. I think when you when you think about like oh well, we might hire that guy next year like
0: yeah like I said he just seems like an asshole and I just.
1: Yeah, you got you, it. I'm a little sick of assholes, even though, like you said, the football is pretty.
0: Yeah, I man, the the longer and longer this search drags on, the the more and more I'm just like, but maybe Dad's gonna come home with cigarettes.
1: I think Dad is gonna come home with cigarettes because I think, and we'll talk about this more next week because I think there'll be more to talk about. But I think I think there's gonna be a lot of fan pressure for it, and what I think is really interesting is. And maybe I'm sort of reading the tea leaves incorrectly, but it sure seems like Pochettino's people are doing a public relations campaign for him to get the job. So I don't know. Like if things go ugly, which I don't think they've, if things go really ugly, which they haven't yet, because Spurs are still in the top four competition in a real way. Like, but if things go ugly, I mean, like, Hiring Pochettino, whatever else it'll do, it'll make Spurs fans happy. Yeah. Like, even you, Brian, like the hit of dopamine that's going to be released in your brain. When yeah. Mauricio Pochettino gets up there and says, I am home, like you you will never, you, you will chase that high until we win a trophy. Like it, you, you know.
0: Fair. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to play all the videos of him, like celebrating on the field in Amsterdam. What, what if he cries? Oh yeah, I'll cry too. Uh, I'll for for and you won't be able to tell if it's because I'm angry that he got the job again or if because I'm happy <laughs> that he's finally back. You won't know. I'll tell. Uh, I'll be able to tell. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just the the longer this manager thing draws on, the
1: more annoyed I get. You know, it's just like. We don't know what the hell they're doing, and I know we, w- our friends have certainly been trying to read a lot of tea leaves, which is what you do because there's nothing to talk about. Like, you know, Paratici's not there, so are we just going to hire a guy? Like, you know, because a lot of our candidates are, you know, are we going to hire a slot or a, or DeZarby or someone who's in a current job, which means, you know, I'm sure you can put feelers out as to whether or not they're interested and, you know, really – get some of the legwork done. But like, you know, you gotta be able to at least talk to the guy. And these are people who, I don't know, maybe like a fine have had the title wrapped up. Like they'll let him do a zoom call with Spurs or something. But I think with anyone who's currently in a job, the season needs to end for you to like actually be able to engage with them in a, in a transparent way. So it's, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like the thing about it is, the thing that's gonna hang over this whole process is they could hire Mauricio Pochettino, not necessarily for this year, but like he starts as soon as the season's over. They could do that tomorrow. Like they don't have to wait to do that. Or Nogglesman, like because we all thought Nogglesman was headed to Chelsea and now it seems like Luis Enrique is going there. So, you know, is that back on the table? I don't know. Like these are guys that we could hire immediately, and that kinda makes the whole thing a little more complicated. Because they could talk to them and Interview them and get a sense of like what they want to do and what they require and all that. They could do that tomorrow. But
0: I mean, we could hire Pochettino tomorrow to manage the day after that. Like, he, I, I, now, Nogglesman, you couldn't do that with because I think he's still, you know, I think he's something to be apart from us.
1: As bad as we're playing, like, and I don't know where you fall on this, but like, I don't know if you want to bring Pochettino in tomorrow. Like I, I don't think it matters. Like he's gonna like he's gonna have to knife some of these guys in the summer. Do you want to be even associated with this stuff? Do you just want him to be able to start fresh, or Nogglesman or anyone? Do you just want to like, you know, it's like how much can you really change at this point in the season? Like it sucks. I'm not happy about it, but like realistically, if we're gonna like plow ahead and get top four, I mean it's not October. I mean,
0: I I understand your point, but I also think, like, you know, you hire a a permanent manager at that time with, you know, when there were 10 games left when, when this process started. Like, if you'd have hired Pochettino then, regardless of whether you thought he could have, like, changed something or done anything drastic, that's 10 games that he gets with these guys.
1: Yeah, but you're also, Mauricio Pochettino might be telling them, I'll start in the summer. Like, Maybe. I don't want, you know, it's like, I don't want my fingerprints on this mess, or I don't want to, like, okay, I got to get to be buddy-buddy with, like, Cessignon or Perisic or whoever, and then I got to slip their throat in the summer. Like, I don't know, but um, we'll see. I think so much of it depends on all the dominoes because so many teams are looking for guys. But I'm a little surprised with all the guys looking, with all the teams looking for guys that Pochino is putting out strong feelers for Spurs because, you know, I would have thought that. You know, he would have been, you know, I'm surprised Trader Todd didn't take him. I'm surprised. um, I think uh, the end of this
0: season is going to be really weird
1: um, when it comes
0: to managers. I mean, yes, I I think, you know, we're we're talking about Real Madrid potentially looking for somebody, um, you know, PSG potentially being in the market for somebody, um, uh, you know, it's it's not outside the realm of possibility that Liverpool might be looking for somebody, um, you know, it, it's so many of the biggest teams in the world are going to be looking for guys. And I really feel like it's kind of <laughs> irresponsible of us to not have something lined up already.
1: Well, there's as soon I, as I don't know about that because, like, I mean, there's a level which I do understand, like. You want to have a thorough search. Spurs should not be writing off guys like Dezarbi and Slot right now. And, you know, at the end of the year, you can make your decision. But, like you said, not only those teams, but like there are major mid table teams in England who are going to be looking, like West Ham's probably going to be looking for a manager. Now, I don't think, you know, let's use Slot because he's the guy who's been linked with West Ham. If Slot has any indication, that Spurs are interested in him and it's not like that ridiculous search a few years ago where he's like the first or second choice, you know, he's not going to West Ham, he's coming to Tottenham. But at the same time, if we're like playing footsie with all these guys and, you know, maybe, you know, West Ham's like, here's our offer, you know, we could maybe lose one or two of our candidates, some of these mid table teams. I don't think that's likely, but it's another thing you got to think about. So You know, I mean, there's a lot to do and, you know, I, there's a part of me, which is like, of course we're doing due diligence and all the stuff we should be doing, but you know, given how the transfer search went a few years ago, given how we just got caught with our pants down with Paratici, I probably shouldn't assume competence. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that's the big thing is like, it's also, it's gone kind of like radio silent. So it's not, you know, I don't think you can read anything into that. Other Other than we don't have like a favorite. Like, locked in.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like any time we've kind of gone through this search process before, we have gotten something. Oh, Spurs representatives were in,
1: you know. We did. Nogglesman. We were really in a Nogglesman for a minute there. And then he played footsie with Chelsea, and now who the hell knows. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I just,
0: you know, I, I, I'm i with you. I don't want to assume competence because I'm not hearing anything that might give me any indication that there is now competence. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm ready to be proven right on that.
1: Well, we will see. Maybe we'll have more to talk about next week. Uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. Brian, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ComradeUSPurs. And you can find me on Twitter at skipjack0079. Uh, for Brian, uh, for our dearly departed Ben, and of course for Brett Rainbow. I've been your host, Greg. Come on, you Spurs.